Does God listen and respond to our prayers? Today we'll see Abraham ask God for mercy as God's judgment looms on the city of Sodom on The Bible Brief. Abraham has a new name, and with his new name, he's expecting a new son. A son from Sarah, his aged wife who's never born a child before. And just as Abram laughed when God told him the news about their son Isaac, Sarah laughs just the same when she hears the news too. Laughter is already characterizing this child in the womb. Laughter probably a mix of both joy and shock, and maybe even a measure of disbelief. But nothing is too hard for God. Remember, this God of the Abrahamic covenant promises is the same God that created the universe and everything in it. And if God can create everything simply by speaking, then something as simple as making a barren old woman have a child is just that, simple. Nothing is too hard for God. But the next occasion of the Lord's interaction with Abraham is a rather grave circumstance. While the expectation of Isaac's birth is a joy for Abraham, Soon he's confronted with the prospect of death, too. The death of a whole city. The death of the city of Sodom, where his nephew Lot had taken residence. Let's listen to this interaction. God is speaking to Abraham, and he's accompanied by two angels appearing as men who are setting off from Abraham's tent. We're in Genesis 18, starting in verse 17. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. God is about to fiercely judge the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Two of the cities of the valley that had previously been sacked by the four invading kings. Remember, Abraham defeated those invaders and ultimately allowed the spoils of war to return to the cities of the valley. Well, it seems that the cities didn't change their ways after that short war. As Sodom was described as wicked before that invasion, it appears to have gotten even worse. So bad that God has to deal with it once and for all. There comes a point where God's patience with sin runs out. And with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, his patience has completed its course. Now, it's time for judgment. So the two angels who accompanied God set off for the city before an interesting conversation between God and Abraham. So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? We can guess who's in the back of Abraham's mind here. He knows that Lot is in that wicked city of Sodom and he's afraid his nephew is about to be swept away in the judgment of God. And so he begins to appeal to God and ask him if he will judge the city, even if there are some who are righteous in it. And the Lord said, 
If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. But then Abraham continues to press God, humbly appealing to God's justice. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again Abraham spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. And the Lord answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Abraham continues from there to ask God how many righteous will cause God to spare the city. And at the end of the conversation, after several back and forths, we're finally left with the idea that God will spare the city on the account of ten righteous people in it. Abraham's requests for mercy on the city have been granted. But the question that the text leaves us with is simply this. Are there ten righteous people in Sodom? Next we read this. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Lot graciously receives the angels that appeared as men, and even invites them into his home. It seems that things are just fine in the city, until later that evening. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them. Now, I'm not going to get graphic here except to say that the men of the city don't just want to have a conversation with the two visiting men. They want to know them, know them. And Lot, having offered these men hospitality and inviting them to enjoy his protection in his house, does something that's simply unthinkable to our modern ears. He offers the men something instead of these visiting angels. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door down. But the angels reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out, groping for the door. Lot's protection of these two strangers is laudable and certainly righteous. But the potential cost of his daughters leaves us relieved that the angels intervene and strike the men of the city with blindness. But just note, even in their blindness, they wear themselves out groping for the door. You can see why God is bringing judgment on the city. It appears that, like the people of the earth were before the flood, so it was here in Sodom, wicked to the core. But what would happen to Lot? Then the two men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city? Bring them out of the place. 
for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out, and he said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. The angels have now officially told Lot their mission. The destruction of the city is imminent, and they've instructed him to leave at once. Let's keep going. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But Lot lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Now the sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. God finally judges the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. His patience with the rebellion and wickedness of the people finally ran out, and he destroyed the cities. Fire and sulfur came down from heaven to rain deserved judgment upon the cities. And Lot's wife, perhaps wanting one last look at the place she called home, well, she didn't listen to the angel's instructions. She looked back at the city and her consequence was immediate death as she turned into the pillar of salt. But the destruction isn't the end of the Sodom story. Because in the end, we get a summary statement that tells us even more about God. It says this, So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Now that last sentence truly reads like the end of a chapter. But there's something very important to note about the sentence. It says that when God destroyed the cities, that he remembered Abraham and sent Lot out. Why does it say that he remembered Abraham? Well, you should remember the conversation that they had about how many righteous men it would take for God to spare the city. Well, the end of that conversation was that God would spare the city if ten righteous men were found. And as we know now, ten righteous men weren't found. The city of Sodom was destroyed. And yet, God still vindicated the question of Abraham in that conversation. Remember, Abraham had asked, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? In saving Lot, the one righteous figure in the city the one who offered shelter to the visiting angels. In saving him from destruction, God proved his justice. God showed that he will not sweep away the righteous with the wicked. While ten righteous could have mercifully delayed God's judgment on the city, when God did judge the city, it didn't mean sweeping away the righteous with it. In this way, God proved his willing mercy and his exacting justice in a single event. For the sake of the righteous, God may delay judgment. But when that judgment comes, the righteous need not fear God's destruction. But at the end of the day, 
Sodom is in ashes. Lot is saved, and Abraham sees the smoke of the city rising. Maybe with that, Abraham thinks he can finally relax for a while. His promised son Isaac is finally coming. His barren wife will give birth. And he finally seems to be realizing some of the promises that God had made to him. Little does he know that in just a few years will come his toughest test yet. Join us next time as we see Abraham's faith tested by God. A test involving a knife, a son, and an altar built to the Lord. Will Abraham pass the test? The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible.